Hey friend, this is Shelby, host of the Resilient Podcast. I believe that every woman should have what she needs to feel confident. Each experience looks different, but that doesn't mean we have to be alone. What if as women, we came together and had real conversations that strengthened each other to go deeper with God and go further in life? I don't know about you, but that's what I'm here for. Let's do this together. Hey guys, this is the Resilient Podcast, and it's me, just me, Shelby, today. No guest, I'm sorry, as much as you love guests, uh, today is just me. But I'm going to be talking specifically about the love of God, and I want to just start off by asking you this question. Do you know the love of God? Like, really know. Not just know about God's love or could tell me about God's love, or have been told that God loves you, but do you know his love in a real way? I just wanted to start off with that question because I think that a lot of us, um, whether you've been a Christian for a long time or maybe even are just a new Christian, um, we can get into routine and we can get really comfortable with this idea of loving God and being loved by God. Um, without really knowing what that means and how to live that out and what that looks like for our daily lives. And so I just want to get into um, what that means. What What is the love of God? And I want to just start out by communicating that he is love. He is love. He literally is love, guys. Like everything about God is love. He doesn't just contain or feel or express love. It's actually his character, it is who he is. There's a quote that I love by A.W. Tozer. It says, love, for instance, is not just something God has and which may grow or diminish or cease to be. His love is the way God is. And when he loves, he is simply being himself. God is the definition of love. It's not only that he does love, but he is love and he's so much more than that. It's not like he's only love, but love doesn't exist apart from who God is. And it can't be defined with no, without knowing God. You can't actually know love if you don't know God. And it's so interesting because in our world, I feel like we, um, especially our generation, we're so infatuated with love. We're, we're a generation of those chasing love, this idea of falling in love and what is love and I feel like we're kind of like chickens running around with our heads cut off with this desire to be loved when really God is there and he he's really telling us you can't know love without knowing me and we look for it in all these different places but we we really truly can't know love without knowing God and so maybe you've stumbled even upon this podcast and maybe you don't know God. Maybe you barely know God. But I want to just encourage you, you're going to find love when you find him. And without him, you won't find true love. You're going to find a counterfeit option. But he has the real deal. And so we come to him for that love and not just for love, but to love him back. But I don't want to get into that yet. I want to focus still on his love. Psalm 145, 8 says, The Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love. This abounding love is the love of God. 
and this abounding love, it describes God's personality. It's literally who he is. And I can tell you that over and over and over again, that it's who God is and God's, God is love. But I'm going to get away from that because I can tell you that all day. But I think we need to look at other characteristics of God to better understand his love. Because I don't want to just reiterate that over and over again. We can actually look at attributes of God's personality that will better help us to better understand his love and his character. And that's because if you know what something that is true of God's character, you can guarantee that it pertains to his love as well. I'm going to take you through here a list of different uh, aspects of God's character because I know that these things are also true of God's love. And so um, these are just a list I put together. There's so much more than what I've put together, but um, I just want to take you through this list. So I'll start with this. God is self, self-existent. So that means that his love had no beginning. God is eternal. Which means that his love has no end. Jeremiah 31 3 says, I have loved you with an everlasting love. I have drawn drawn you with unfailing kindness. God always has been and he always will be. And no matter where you spend eternity, God will still love you. His love did not start at one point and it doesn't end at one point. It's self-existent. It's eternal. And no matter who who you believe in, no matter where you end up, he will love you. God is infinite, which means that his love has no limit. God is incomprehensible and immense. So his love is so vast that it cannot be understood or fully grasped. Ephesians 3.18, Paul says that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height to know the love of God, which passes all knowledge. In this passage, Paul is literally saying, I'm praying that you would be able to understand and grasp the love of God because without his help, we can't even understand it. I've heard, uh, I think a quote, or maybe it's in a song. It says it takes God to love God. So for us to fully understand him, we need his help and to understand that love. We need him too. a couple more. God is just his love makes wrong things, right? God is faithful. His love never gives up on us. And God is holy. His love is perfectly pure. And each of these things on this list is not God's love in and of itself, but they are true of God himself. And because they are true of God, we can know that they are true of his love. God's character is so so vast, we can't even go through an entire list of all he is. But if you did, his love would be uh, in partnership and it would align with who he is and his character. And if you think about it, pretty much anything that is true of God's character is also true of his love. So it's pretty incredible um, who God is and how he loves us, but it's also incredible who he created us to be. And a lot of people ask this question, why do I exist? What are we here for? Why did why were we created if you believe in a creator? 
<laughs> Even if you're not a Christian, people ask these questions. But God created us for love. And he created us because it pleased him to do so. Psalm 104 says, God's creation brings him pleasure. He created us as an object of his affection to love us and to be loved by us. All throughout Psalm 104, it's, it's just him rejoicing over us. It's talking about his gladness and how he loves us. And it, it just points to the fact that he created us for love and to be loved by him and then to love him back. We were created to have a relationship with him. And only humans get to have this relationship with God. It's actually pretty incredible. If you look at all of creation, we as humans were created in God's image. And we get to be loved by our creator God. But then we also get the opportunity to love him back. And no other part of creation gets that that opportunity. He delights over us. Zephaniah 3.17 says, The Lord your God is in your midst. The mighty one, he will save you. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. When God is in our midst, he rejoices over us. He's so pleased with us. He sings over us. He's excited to be around us. He created us for this relationship that he can spend time with us and he enjoys us. He loves you. And I had this revelation on this whole idea of God's love several years ago, but it made me think that it's so odd to think that the God of the universe has chosen to emotionally identify himself with us. He doesn't need us, guys, but he chooses to be jealous for our love. He chooses to not be satisfied until he gets it. And he allows his heart to be bound to us forever. Again, he chooses that. It's not forced. He didn't have to. He chooses to emotionally connect his heart to humanity. It's pretty powerful thought. First John 4 10 and then 19 says this is love not that we loved God but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. We love him because he first loved us. God loved us first. Before we even had the opportunity to love him back he loved us. Before we even knew about him, he loved us. I even think of my daughter, Esther. She doesn't understand God. Like, I mean, we're giving her some concepts. She's two, not quite two. And she doesn't even understand God or that he loves her. She doesn't even have the opportunity to love him yet. And yet he loves her fully before she even knows about him. Our love is a simple response to his And this love of God, this is why we were created. This is why we exist. There's so many other theories out there. You can come to any conclusion if you've researched the right things. But guys, when you boil it down, ladies, this is is what God created us for. To be loved by him and to love him back. It can be kind of difficult to wrap our minds around this love 
and the fact that we were created for love. And for those of us, I think, that grew up as Christians or in Christian homes, we've heard this for all of our life. We've heard that God loves us. We've sang songs, Jesus loves you, this I know, or me, whatever. (laughs) I won't sing for you. Um, But we've been told our whole lives that God loves us. And so it can get so redundant. Or maybe, maybe you have... Um, had an experience with God, maybe just one time, but you don't really grasp what is his love? What does it mean? I've experienced it once, but once or twice, but I don't understand it. Maybe, maybe you are a Christian that grew up your whole life knowing God, but you've not experienced his love. You just know about it. And I know that was very true for me. I grew up as a missionary kid and, and, um, my parents were amazing. They really, um, instilled that idea of a personal relationship with God um, to me. So it's not that I was missing that piece. It's just that growing up in a Christian home, you you just hear it all the time. You know God loves you. But to experience it is something completely different. And I just remember, I'm sure there were times before this, but there was a moment that truly marked me that I remember as one of the first moments that I ever experienced, like in a very real personal way, the love of God. And it was actually in college and I don't even know what was going on. I know I was in some like inner turmoil of trying to see where I fit in the world, trying to see where I fit in college, trying to find my place. And I came into a worship service and sat in the back in a dark room. And uh, as the worship played, I just encountered him. And it wasn't because of anything I did or anything that somebody preached or spoke or even the song. It just was a marking moment where God's presence washed over me and I was just weeping, feeling love, like this all-consuming love washing over me. And I didn't just know God loved me. From then on, I, I knew it because I had felt it. I felt what that love feels like. And what it did is it ignited in me a desire to better understand him and who he is and his love. And I think that that can be common when... One, a lot of times we enter through either enter into Christianity through the door of knowledge or experience. And then either one, with either one, you need to kind of gravitate to the in-between where it's not just knowledge without experience. And it's also not just experience without knowledge. We need both. And I remember that experience for me because I knew a lot about God. That experience actually ignited me to have a deeper relationship with God where I was all in with him and I wanted him more than anything else. And that changed everything for me. And um, maybe that's where you're at. Maybe you want that more of God. And I think that we can better understand who God is. And as we do that, as we study the Bible and, and, and experience more of who God is, we can better understand his love. And it helps as we get to know him, we get to receive more of that love, not just knowing it in our head, but experiencing it because we get opportunity to connect with him. And so there's three um, main questions that we can ask ourselves to better understand and grasp God's love. And these are the questions. One would be, what is God like? Two, what kind of a God is he? And three, How can I expect him to act towards me? All of these questions will help us to better understand who is this God that I serve and that I've given my life to. And then with that then comes, how can I expect him to behave towards me and act towards me? How can I expect my relationship with God to look? So much of that is tied to his love. 
What can I expect from his love and the way that he loves and the unconditional love that I haven't maybe seen modeled in life? Or maybe I have, but it's different when it comes to God because no one here is perfect. These are all questions that lead us to behold God, to look at him and to better understand him as we do that. And we behold God by spending time with him. We can do that by getting in our Bible. The, the Bible, the word of God, it tells us who we are. You can do this by spending time in prayer, which is listening to God's voice, hearing what he has to say. And by engaging in worship is another way. And that's adoration of our father and who he is. These are all ways that we can behold God and better understand him and his love for us. And this love, it actually becomes our identity. We begin to see ourselves as beloved children of God in whom he is well pleased. As we understand who he is, we are better able to understand who we are and who we were created to be, which is loved by God. I heard uh, a quote, I think it's by Mike Bickle. He says, I love God and he loves me. Therefore, I am successful. We need to understand our success in life is in direct correlation with being loved by God. It's not how well we perform or what we do. No, it's it's how how did we receive God's love? And do we love him back? I love God and he loves me. Therefore, I am successful. It's what it boils down to. And we have to know ourselves in light of his love for us. Song of Solomon chapter 2, it says, My beloved is mine and I am his. It's again reiterated throughout the whole Bible that being loved by God is so important. I even remember um, the Apostle John, he talks him, he talks uh, about himself. He refers to himself as the, the disciple whom Jesus loved. And I always thought that was so weird. Like, was John conceited or uh, was he Jesus' actual favorite disciple? Um, and that didn't seem fair. And I didn't understand this idea and why he would call himself all throughout the book of John. He writes about himself, which he writes that book saying, and then... Jesus spoke with a disciple whom he loved. And I always thought that was so interesting. But then I had this revelation because I was like, wow, this kind of seems a little prideful. But God showed me, no, it wasn't that John was prideful. It was that he understood who he was as being loved by Jesus. He understood his identity as the disciple that Jesus loved, the one who Jesus loved. And as we get to know God better and we take a long look at his love and the way that he loves and how he feels towards us, we can begin to understand our own identity better. And then as we do that, we can begin to love God back. And that leads me right into this, our response. What is our response to this love? This crazy love that can't be comprehended. This crazy love that speaks into our identity and it tells us who we are how do we respond to that love first of all we can choose we can choose to step into an intimate close relationship with god with this, with this very god that is love we have free will guys he gave us free will because he wanted us to choose this relationship he loved us enough to not force him or force us to love him. 
because without free will, that's not really love. Loving God with conditions, that's not really love. No, he gave us the freedom to choose because he wanted it to be a choice for us to love him back. It's not really love if there is no choice. So God gave us a choice. So our response to God's love then, it's to love him back with our weak and broken human love. And he doesn't want us to just love him, but to hunger for him, for more of him all the time, because that's what he does for us. Did you know that above all else, God wants you to love him before you serve him more than what you do for him? He cares more that you would love him. Above all else, God wants you to love him. Matthew 22, 37 through 39 says, Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. The most important thing that we can do in this life is to love God. No mission or anointing or Bible memorizing, no spiritual gifts or spiritual disciplines, um, None of that is more important than loving God. Nothing can compare to loving God and being loved by him. And God doesn't just want our praise or our lip service for the sake of like, God, I love you. You're so good. No, he wants our hearts, our affection, our attention. He wants who we are. He wants our very beings, like our love for him. That's what he craves, not just our praise or our our self-discipline or our service to him. He loves us so much more than that. I just want to kind of finish off this podcast um, by just, just reminding you, God doesn't want you to only know about his love. Like I asked at the beginning, I asked, do you know about God's love or do you know his love? He doesn't want you just to know about it. He doesn't want you to only read about it and just understand it a little bit in your mind or acknowledge, yeah, God loves me. No, he actually wants you to experience his love, to feel his presence and be touched by his love for you. And like I said, for those raised in the church, this can be difficult because we've known God loves us. Or even those who who maybe you're a new believer, this can be difficult for you because you are coming alive for the first time to this com- like this idea, this concept that you are loved. But God actually wants to move your heart with his love for you. Doesn't matter what your background is, how long you've been a, le- a believer. He wants to move your heart with his love for you because you actually move his heart with your love. Did you know that? When you choose him, you emotionally move him with your love. Did you realize that? That your weak and broken human love with the brokenness that we bring before him and our weakness and that love that that seems so simple to us and I don't feel like I do a good job of loving him, that love it actually moves his heart to the point where he is emotional about how much you love him. So I want to encourage you, my, 
I want to encourage you in all the doing, do not forsake your first love. It's all about your heart. God wants to move your heart with his love for you. So I just want to finish by saying I want to encourage you to get alone with God. Maybe turn on some worship music, but it's not about the words of the song. Just something maybe peaceful and quiet to tune your heart into him. And just ask him for his love. Ask him to help you receive that love. Ask him that you might experience that love. And then just wait with him. And allow that love to wash over you. I want to challenge you even now as you finish listening to this podcast. Go ahead and do that. You can be doing other things with your day. You can be driving whatever. It doesn't matter where you are. Ask God to allow you to to experience more of his love. And then wait for him to pour that out over you. All right, ladies, thank you so much for tuning in. And I hope that you do uh, take this and experience more of God's love today. Thanks for hanging out today. If you enjoyed this podcast, make sure to subscribe and leave a review. I also want to let you know that I've written an ebook called Refreshing Your Prayer Life. This is a tool that I'd love for you to have access to. You can download this free ebook by following the link in the episode notes below. Let's chat again soon.